I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello. Hey. It's been a while. Oh, I was like, uh-oh, what now? <laughs> it has. Um, but we're here now. Mm, wrong wrong queen, though. <laughs> no. I just realized. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> All the fighters are like, unsubscribe. I didn't sign up for this. <laughs> uh, oh. Hello. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Legends Only. Your weekly pop culture podcast where we talk about not feeling ourselves tonight and... Legends only. (laughs) Well, specifically one legend this week. Yes. um, Legend... That's right, everyone. Tina, Legend X. (laughs) Yes. Legend (laughs) X-Teen. Yes. This is the beginning of the long-awaited bionic deep dive. It has been 10 years... Of waiting. Ten years of anal bead lipstick, uh, <laughs> mic stands, of gum throwing, of woohooing, and desnudating all over the place. Yeah, well, actually, ten years of that fucking microphone, which we will talk about. Oh, we absolutely will. We'll get into that. But before we get bionic, we just want to give a thank you to all of our supporters on patreon.com slash legends only. Our iconic Legends Only fans, thank you so much for your support. It means a lot. And um, if you would like to hear some new stuff, we're trying something new this week. Go over to our Patreon. And oh, something more personal. Oh, wrong queen again. But, oh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> what's some, What's like... Um, oh, um, a, a little a more little, stripped. A little more stripped. There we go. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. We are stripped. Yes. The, the voices within. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. we're trying something new so <laughs> if you are on patreon let us know what you think if you're not on patreon that's okay but um yeah so shall we get into bionic yes let's go all right so before we get into what some may call her best album let's go back in time super quickly and just Update the girls on where our first journey with Christina started. Mm, go back, back to the beginning. Oh, wrong queen, queen again. again. <laughs> We're going to get the right queen eventually. Um, I guess I'll kick it off with a confessional. Yeah. Now, when I was growing up, you know, I fell in love with 
a woman named Brittany Jean Spears. And at that time, a formative time in my life, there was something of a, a feud uh, between her and another Christina legend Brittany. named Christina Brittany Sarah. rivalry. Yes. Slash, and slash, slash. <laughs> the feud, of course, was entirely fueled by the media and fans and, you know, wasn't actually real until it, you know, got to both of them, I would say. And there were some digs by both of them with quotes and that only fueled the flames more. But back then as an impressionable teen, I definitely felt that there were battle lines drawn and my allegiance was to Queen B. And I just didn't, you know, take that kindly to Christina. And I was never, I wasn't as bad as like sending her hate or anything or whatever we did back then. I, I like, what do we use? Forum. Like what, phone call I... to TRL. Hi. Um, <laughs> Honestly, yes. I'm here to call in and vote for Oops, I Did It Again. Thank you. <laughs> Click. <laughs> yeah, that wasn't really my style. I just, I was basically just not really checking for her, even though I was fully aware of her presence and, and everything. But um, that is to say around Keeps Getting Better, A Decade of Hits, I had a change of heart. Uh, now two decades of hits. Two decades of hits, and it keeps getting better. I had a change of heart when she started to be compared to a woman named Stephanie Germanata. Now, at the time, you know, she had specifically Why done a Stephanie performance. Stephanie Germanata. <laughs> Not two Italian girls, so they're already very different. I started to feel bad for her because I knew that she was her own artist in her own right, and certain bloggers and certain press outlets started to make up yet another feud for her. You know, granted, (laughs) we do have an iconic quote from her coming up, but it was prompted by people prodding her to say something about Gaga. And at that point, I felt sympathetic and I was, I became interested in her career and wanting to like sort of right the wrongs of not paying attention. So I would say Bionic is like my first full-fledged sand moment for many reasons that we were about to get into. And again, I was not the one sending hate or anything that deep. It was never that deep with me, but I just wasn't tuned in for the full story. And so I did a lot of like retroactive standing after that and got into back to basics and got into all of it. And she is a queen. She's a legend and she deserves her flowers and that's what we're about and to Grammys. do. Grammys. Grammys. Oh, many. Mm-hmm. Multiple. So I'm very at peace and very excited with where I am with her because I'm happy that I can remove myself from a stupid stand driven situation and genuinely love her for her. <laughs> oh, oh <wow>. <laughs> Because, you know, we talk about these things all the time Mariah versus JLo. Brittany, Christina, it's like, I would like to J-Lo love both J-Lo can't sing! J-Lo can't <laughs> sing! Mariah! I just think your world is very boring if you are only into one of them. You know, so you don't have to love everybody, but I just think, God, world, the, it's so boring to only like one person and shit on everybody else. Right. So, I think that that about sums up my ex-Tina experience. <laughs> the experience. Experience, yes, I can. Oh, yes. Where we were supposed to go, I know. Anyway, well, um, can't relate to that journey. Um, right. I was there from Jeannie. Now, <laughs> so I feel like one thing I like to do in this podcast is share extremely random stories that I remember <sighs> in life. 
<laughs> so I have a very vivid memory from one of our childhood houses where I had reflection on a karaoke CD that was in like a karaoke machine. And I was trying to sing reflection like seriously. Like I actually was trying to be a singer and thinking that I was a good singer. And I just have this memory of my mom way in the distance being like, shut the fuck (laughs) up. (laughs) T. Kyle, I swear to God, shut up. And I was like, oh my God. Okay. They shut it off. And that's why I'm not a singer. Um, that moment. It was actually, you later learned it was Christina herself who yeah. heard you. <laughs> shouted it from her mansion in Bel Air. You know, maybe one day uh, someone will find my vocal talents. Um, <laughs> uh. <laughs> all the things left undiscovered. Uh, wrong queen again. Um, we'll get but, there eventually. but yeah, I was there like in the beginning and I remember watching diary and genie mm. in a bottle what a girl wants come on over i remember trying to do the vma dance break where she does the backflip i just loved all of the wannabe britneys <clears throat> uh, which you know some people may not agree with that assessment but you know jessica willa mandy christina who else in that moment well i would argue i i did i obviously i stand them all I would argue that Christina really from the get-go was trying to prove that she wasn't by more singing. so than the other girls. By the the vocals, the like you could feel that in the image versus the other girls who I felt like maybe were trying to be Britney. I felt yeah, like you could she feel was that moment, that- if you will. Oh, oh, that moment? Yes. <laughs> I will say our Where's reference the- game is like on point. Very. Yeah, and it, it must have been very frustrating for her because I mean, it goes back to the days of the Mickey Mouse Club. Yeah, it does. They were friends. They were friends, which adds to the whole thing of the 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 feud. Is like you know, fast forward to us in ten years. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) they did a podcast together. (laughs) Now they're pop stars and they're rivals. (laughs) T. Kyle brought his vocal talent, and now they're rivals. (laughs) Um, but yeah, no, I totally, I I totally get that. I mean, obviously we. We talk all about our the Britney quote unquote wannabes at the time because that's how the new Gen Z girls don't really understand the impact of how every girl was meant to look and sound like her yeah. at that time. Because we don't really have that now. I would say, if anything, I guess there's a bit of Ariana ish to, to some of the girls now, but it's not the same. It's like Britney was like the cookie cutter that everyone tried to fit into. Yeah. But anyway, uh, I kind of want to get another Corona. One second. Uh, you're going to get exposed again? What? <laughs> another Corona for you? I, I just stand up and leave my own podcast and then don't right. come back for 10 hours. Oh, you would never do that. Yeah, be right back. That would be weird to leave people hanging like that. Which, by the way, that was iconic. So it really was. You left an impression. Pretty legendary. If you ask me, I love it. <laughs> Well, anyway, fast forward. She has her stripped moment, which at some point we're going to need to talk about stripped because we will. stripped is what, and this is a very um, heavy statement, but it's tea. Stripped got me through high school. Like, no joke, the voice within and the song Soar were mm-hmm. like my angels in high school. 
And so as much as you I've shaded touching my hand. Uh, <laughs> 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 yeah. But like as much as I have shaded the shit out of Christina yeah. over the years on Twitter, I genuinely, she is my number two. I have like a trio, like a trifecta of like my faves. But like Christina has a special place in my heart that I can't deny. And I'm so excited that this is like a moment where the fighter can actually jump out because so many people think that just because Britney is my number one, that I hate Christina. Yeah. And I'm like, no, like I, whatever, I love burlesque, stripped got me through shit. So like I stan and we're going to get into it today. But fast uh, forward to June 8th. 2010. The year is 2010. Oh, what a time. We are graduating college. Yes. It is our last. If we didn't already, I believe we did had just had our graduation ceremony around this time. We did. This was yeah. summer. So yes. let's start out by talking about the lead single, Not Myself Tonight, because this has its own moment, I feel like. Mm. compared to the out like it, there's like not myself tonight had a whole shitload of drama and then there's the actual <laughs> album right. so this song comes out and again with my memories i almost got kicked out or i did get kicked out of one bar because of the song and i almost got kicked out of mercury bar you know mercury bar down the street yeah yeah that was the second time i almost got kicked out of a bar for requesting it yeah so i got kicked out of turtle bay which is on a uh, i think it's like <laughs> Gramercy, what? I don't even know what the hell. That's like where the straight people live. I don't go over there anymore. Yeah. I used to go there in college, but we got kicked out of Turtle Bay. We requested it. They played it. And me and my friend got up on these like tables and we were like shaking our tits and they were like, get out. Homophobic. Um, Very homophobic. Turtle Bay is homophobic. (laughs) Spread the word. No, I'm kidding. Um, I had so much fun there. And um, the other one was at Mercury Bar and they used to play music videos. And so I saw the woman, I saw like her list of music videos and she had Not Myself Tonight on it. So I kept telling her to play it and I kept telling her and telling her and telling her. And she was like, if you fucking ask me one more fucking time, I'm kicking you out. And I was like, oh, wow. Okay. Exciting. So I was like, so can you play it or not? (laughs) (laughs) Another two random memories, but we stand Mercury Bar. Well, that's an incredible memory. For me, um, I had a little different experience with the lead single, and mine had to do with um, something more Swedish. Oh. Because at the same time, while the campaign was building up, there were these teasers that had come out. Yes. Uh, For those who didn't follow along for the journey, there is, spoiler alert, a Swedish artist named Jonah Lee. She, not to be confused with John Ali, the DJ. And friend to the pod. She has a project called I Am Am I, Who Am I? And it was the first time that they were teasing from that project. And all they did was these very, very vague videos in the forest, a blonde woman kind of like licking a tree and being in the mud, very artsy. And at that same time, Christina was saying this was going to be a very artsy electronic album. And so people at Oh No They Didn't, Live Journal. Legendary blog. That's when I first saw it. Yeah. I started covering it on Mew Mews, and there are still people who said that they discovered my site from this because I was like so on it about it because I kept was covering this back like, in the all... day like GeoCities. Yeah, this was Mew Mews.geocities slash 
gg um, yeah. dot net yeah <laughs> um the zanga um and it's turned out to be obviously not christina but the thing is that there were so many coincidences that were so so interesting like um people were doing facial similarities uh the teeth because we were just getting like zooms of this person and it was not her but it did add hype accidentally to i am am i who am i and it also made bionic feel more exciting and then we get not myself tonight which is so not what that was (laughs) well the teasers were very fighter music video yes that's the other thing it was super fighter so that's why i was like it's totally her like i believed it was her the whole time and they weren't really saying anything and the file names even people were doing like as we do with like interpreting a britney caption on an instagram people were like adding up and subtracting the numbers of the file names and being like oh my god it means it's coming out in june and (laughs) doing the most as usual right like the Uh, girls these days really think that they've got to figure it out i'm like no 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 we've been doing this shit for like 90 years oh yeah exactly that purse emoji on the britney caption trust me we've been deducing that for years we know (laughs) yeah (laughs) so anyway that was our experience rolling into it and then we get uh not myself tonight the first single and the music video which is its own beast i love not myself tonight And anyone listening who was friends with me in college, this is senior year, we graduated. I was was in the dorms as an RA for the summer. You know, you have seen it. I remember there was one night we went out and it started pouring and we were dancing in the street in front of all the cars and they started honking. And it was literally like the scene in the music video where she's like dancing in the rain. Mm -hmm. I can't run from it. I can't lie. I fucking love it. I am obsessed with the video now. Obviously, as a baby gay Madonna fan, the Express Yourself of it all mm-hmm. jumps out for me. Hugely that. The song itself, I think, the attitude of it all, of being like, and if you don't like it, fuck you. Yeah, is it's so such Christina. a good kickoff for... Yeah. And she did that with Stripped when she walked down those stairs at the VMAs and everyone was like, whoa, and she had like the scarf titty moment. Yes. Like, oh, she's yes. known for always having like a big change when she comes out with a new era and True. literally to say i'm not myself tonight and like you said if you don't like a fuck you it's kicking off a, a new era out of control <laughs> yes she quite literally says the old me is gone i feel brand new yeah yeah she, she molotov cocktails her own closet oh god yes and of course we get a milk moment which i don't know what that party. means what what is that all like what's the whole milk thing I think it's like a, a sort of like uh, taking it back to another queen, Lala Ashley. I'll drink oh, the milk yeah. on the floor. I think it's supposed to evoke like like a cat, a kitty cat drinking milk. I, you know, I don't. I think it's supposed to be pornographic. Is I think it? it's supposed to be like, yeah, like I'm a pussy something. cat. Yeah, is that supposed to be hot? Like well, is... we'll pull a gay man, well, or, or a straight man rather. We'll we'll pull a few straight men and be like, "Are you aroused by milk?" Yeah, I don't really understand that. I'm not opposed to milk personally. I don't think that that's a big, I need it in a pop video, but it's popped up quite a few times. Yeah, it has. Now that I'm thinking about it, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's a thing. Totally. Well, I don't like dairy. So um, (laughs) I also love about this video, the titties out with the, they had to CGI over the gold bars over her titties because, you know, they couldn't show it. That's right. Mm -hmm. That is right. 
And even the cover art. I love the like devilish. The shoes, oh. those heels. Mm-hmm. Yes. And the, on the cover art with the little devil drawn on behind her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I think it really deserved a, a reconsideration because what happened was we have to go back and really think about what this time was, which was Lady Gaga's moment. This was in the middle of Fame Monster, Alejandro, all of those visuals. And to have something like this come out, inevitably, I feel it, of course, got those Gaga comparisons. It was fueled by a certain blogger that we don't care for. Yeah, there was a post. And I feel like this post single-handedly changed the course of this era for the worst like I really do feel and I can see the post in my brain I can see the screenshot of the website it was a post on PerezHilton.com and it was a side-by-side comparison there was Christina on the left and Gaga on the right bad romance and not myself tonight and it was these frames and it was like, boom, boom. I mean, I hope my brain is still working and that I'm seeing this correctly, but it was side-by-side comparisons of Gaga and Christina. And at this point, Bad Romance is a massive hit. So everyone is in love with Gaga yeah. and our Stephanie Jaramato is having her biggest hit. And it was like, boom, Christina copied Gaga. And I feel like everyone turned on her. I absolutely agree with you. And I actually went back earlier before this and I went back to what I was nervous. I went back to see what I said about not myself tonight and I like could get emotional, but I defended it at two in 2010. I was like, if she's jacking anyone, it's Madonna, not Gaga. I'm like so proud of 10 years ago, me for being like calling out that bullshit at that time when it was so easy to do that because that's say not what it- they were both copying Madonna. <gasps> well, and you there know what? You I'm going to give my own self this soundbite. She's got a point. <laughs> I love giving yourself a point. <laughs> Literally, could you imagine it? Just me talking to myself and I'm just hitting that sound. You know sound. what? I've yeah. got a point. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I, I, in that post, I also was like, I hit back at the raunchy um, criticism because she was called a whore, obviously. She's always been called a whore for any sexual video. Which, like, in my life, that's a compliment. Oh, right. Even though I'm, like, kind of conservative mommy, but, like, also I want to be, like, a slut pig. Right. But it goes back to can't hold us down. It's all about why can't I do this, too? And so I think it's just such a victory for her, and I feel like the hashtag happened already to get her back up on the charts and all of that, but, like, I, I just think this was a really solid, slick visual, and as we'll get into, the whole album was, and I think this was a victory for her. And it's unfortunate that certain then-popular voices in the pop community kind of oh. irrevocably... Was that past tense? Uh, oh, way past tense. Oh. <laughs> oh, she's doubling down on it now. Yeah. <laughs> um, sort of, you know, trashed it. And as we'll get into, you know, we've got some very legendary quotes from her. Also with the Gaga stuff, I feel like, yes, it was like someone's fault that like they got compared. Yeah. But there was also, speaking of iconic quotes. There was a quote from Christina that did not help. There was a quote. And also too, do you remember the performance that she did of Genie 2.0? I believe it was the VMAs. Yes. It was 
amazing. Well, I just, I stand Genie 2.0, but like so good. that performance was where it all kicked off the that, comparison. Right. I think that was it. And because I, she wore a very, um, the fame era. Yes. Outfit. Which like, I don't even know as I look back, I don't even know if that was her fault because right. she, we know how Christina is. I don't know if she's really paying attention to everyone else. So no, someone else probably, so someone else probably, she is now, she's yeah. like shouted out like various Queens, like Rosalia and like, et cetera. But I'm like, someone could have just put her in that outfit thinking like, because in 2008, that was like when Gaga was the fame, you know, she was very underground. Yeah. Someone like a stylist could have just slapped that wig on her head and like put that cat suit on her or like whatever it was. And like the cape. It was super, go- like looking back, it, it was, was incredibly, the blunt bob, yep. uh, blonde hair, mm-hmm. super, super. Extina uh, Gaga. Extina Gaga. And it's super unfortunate because as you're saying, like Gaga was kind of only among the gays at that time. She hadn't even fully had her full mainstream takeover. We need to find the gay who caused this all and cancel him. We do. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. He's probably mingling with everyone else outside right now in Hell's Kitchen. But (laughs) no, because it's iconic. So like we stand. Oh, I love, love, love that performance. It's so good. Yeah. But but she looks like Gaga. I believe that's probably her only performance of Keeps Getting Better. Yeah. But she said in a quote, which I'm, you know, it makes sense because like, yes, she did look like Gaga. So someone asked her about it. And in 2008, she says, quote, you know, that's funny that you mentioned that this person (laughs) was just brought to my attention not too long ago. I'm not quite sure who this person is, to be honest. I don't know if it is a man or a woman. I just wasn't sure. (laughs) I really don't spend any time on the internet. So I guess I live a little under a rock in that respect, which like, if you look at that at the surface, it's problematic, but like, it's also not a lie. Like I genuinely have, I genuinely feel like she had no idea because she's not, paying attention like she's not as engaged then. she's like listening to Anna James on vinyl and like playing with her baby and-, yeah, and like listening to herself singing reflection from the Mulan yeah. soundtrack she's not she wasn't like on Instagram and I mean was there even Instagram in 2010 no uh, no yeah was there no maybe were we still on AOL in 2000 no we there was no. Tumblr right I the just point think being that- she was not on socials the way no. that she is Do engaged now that it was sort of uh, Mariah level shade, yes. And it, that oh. is something that our divas excel at is being like, I don't even know that person. Yeah. Like, I, don't I don't know if that's her. a man or a woman. Right. Even though, like, that's, the name is Lady Gaga. Right. That was meant to just show how much she doesn't know who that person is. And right. it's iconic. And then she says something again in 2010. Mm-hmm. This one's pretty legendary. Um, so she's asked about Gaga again in 2010. And she says, quote, Oh, the newcomer, Aguilera Chuckles, which I still haven't got my Christina chuckle down. Oh, although, oh, wait, no, because my phone's recording you. Shit, I could play the, um, you know, the quote where she's like, Denise? <laughs> Denise? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Basically that. I think she's really fun to look at. So, like, I feel like she was being playful and wasn't trying to be mean. Yeah. But then when the whole Perez thing and the whole post came out and it was like, she's copying her, it was like, 
because Christina is very arrogant and confident and cocky and, you know, we'll get into all that whole thing. I think the public was just like, oh, you're copying Lady Gaga. I think so too. And I think she was a bit resentful. She'd been in the game for uh, a decade of hits at that point. And to have a newcomer come along and be like, you're trying to be like this person who's been in the game for three weeks has to feel disrespectful. So I get it. Did it come off well for Christina? No, it didn't. No. Because it's... Uh, it comes off as bitter and resentful. And unfortunately, Gaga was rising so fast at that time. So it felt like, not that Christina was old, but it felt like she was the old guard that was like trying to block Gaga's shine. She came up, even though it was unfair. I agree. And then later, I know we don't have this written down, but um, Gaga was on Watch It Happens Live post-Lotus. This was a few years later. And she applaud, applaud, applaud. Gaga. This was applaud, applaud, applaud. Yeah. Gaga. Um, Gaga told Andy uh, that she was a big fan of Christina. And from the beginning, uh, there was controversy about the two of them. And she felt that it was very unfair to Christina to pit them against each other. She apologized for anything that anyone ever said to her because of Gaga's existence and hoped that she never felt bad because then she said she was singing I Turn to You when I was 15 and she's an inspiration. But same. Um, same. And that point on would lead very quickly into um, the very iconic Do What You Want, the voice uh, performance duet, which the stuff of legend. But do you, and so I will whole, never, I literally can remember we were together it like it was it. fucking yesterday. We were in Las Vegas. We were in that hotel, like rumors. We got stuck because of the blizzard. Was yep. it the blizzard, right? The blizzard was in the East Coast. We were supposed to leave. Instead, we were stuck in Las Vegas an extra day, and the Do What You Want performance happened on The Voice, and I still have a video of you coming through Mm -hmm. the doors, singing Christina's part. (laughs) We were all so happy that day. We were were all so happy that day. It's, It's actually hard to even imagine how terrible things would soon become. Arguably, things went yeah, downhill. Brittany Jean would come out. That's what happened. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, so love, fucking iconic. Yeah. So there's a whole redemption arc to their own beef, which is really nice. That I feel has been resolved since, and there has been like reckoning with the blogger who shall not be named. And because yeah, they but, really are. They're so different. That's why I never understood. Like, I, I kind of was like, oh, okay, there's like moments where it kind of looks like bad romance and whatever. Yeah. But I'm like, it. the only thing that was similar was that like there was fire in bad romance on the bed and there was fire in the closet in Not Myself Tonight. Well, I don't know if you agree with me on this, but there was a very specific time in Stan culture where... All we did, and I don't mean us personally, but all we did as stands was take screen caps of videos and be like, this person copied this person. Do you remember that? Like, not a video could come out without us being like, that's a reference to that. That's that. There was like a whole blog that was dedicated to um, people ramping off Brandy, I think. (laughs) Yes. Okay, now we, that I think about it, I'm probably guilty of doing all of that. So I'm sure, but like this was like the thing to do. Is like now, now we have like fan cam spamming on in like K-pop wars, but like it was on. Oh no, like, they didn't. Yeah, totally. It was. Like, I remember the one the that was like sense. a thread of Beyonce copying Britney, and people. Oh, that pissed. one. Yes. People still 
the Britney fans have a sense of humor and, and can't like any other pop stars still go off about Beyonce. And, but um, yeah, I think this was in the, in the midst of all of that. And that was like, you know, it, it was just blog culture. That was like what it was at the time. And it, it was so misguided like that, you know, there, there deserves to be a reconsideration of Bionic for that reason. But I think it's time to move on with maybe some more gems from her own mouth. All right. So at the same time that Not Myself Tonight is being compared to Gaga, there's already this like awkwardness, tension in the blog, stands are fighting, etc. The girls are fighting. Yeah. <laughs> there's a couple <laughs> things that happen that don't really make <laughs> things better. No. So teeing up to the release of Bionic, it just was like, I mean, looking back, it's all fucking legendary. And that's why it gets its own episode right now in this moment. But like, yeah. at that time, the general public of, um, you know, local <laughs> same thing, weren't really having it. So there is another quote, and this is still on YouTube, if you would like to look it up and see the visual of it. But um, while promoting Not Myself Tonight, Christina Aguilera is doing a press interview and someone in the background coughs and she says, quote, Pour a lot into your world and see what you're all about and connect with you musically on, on, um, in your world. And uh, coughing during my interview, really? <laughs> um, shoot him. Um, and does the dry laugh but means it with her whole heart and i was like <laughs> i don't think she's joking no she was not okay she was in the middle of being like don't kill me fighters she has a very christina way of answering questions about art and music and i know you know it's true where she's just like you know i just want to feel this moment and the experience and the art and the vision and like somebody just interrupts and she's like <laughs> really coronavirus <laughs> Yeah. She must have a lot of those moments now, right? With everyone coughing. So she she gets interrupted and this is now a meme. Yeah. And it's legendary. It is. But it doesn't help. It definitely adds to my legendina. Oh, I didn't even like so I had a little I had a little phase as a blogger where I wrote a series about Christina Aguilera uh, called Legend. So fucking good. <laughs> It's honestly Some your best work. Where I really just went off the deep end and imagined Christina, it, her most inflated ego as Legendina. And it was very entertaining for me. You don't have to imagine it. It's there. It, yes. Let's be the real. The thing is, she kept doing things that sort of heightened the character. And she kind of kept becoming Legendina. These diva-esque things were only adding fuel to like, my fanfic about her, her like storming off of interviews and like plotting the demise of other pop stars. It all came from this era and into Lotus of her doing things on camera that were just iconic. Yeah. Yes. Um, so now we get some promo performances. We're in May. Yes. So, you know, what a legendary time. So in May, and I have another random ass story to share about this one. Oh so, yeah. And this is kind of embarrassing, but like it, you know what? It's a moment. So in May, Christina is booked to be the guest and perform 
on Oprah, and this is when Oprah was at Radio City, and they put out this thing, and I don't even know where I saw it. I feel like it must have been on, oh, no, they didn't. But there was a thing on Oprah's website that said, do you want tickets to see Christina Aguilera perform at Radio City? Fill out this form and tell us why you are the biggest Christina fan and we'll give you tickets. So I wrote this thing. I remember writing in this paragraph and I was like, I live in New York. I just graduated college here and I don't call her Christina. I call her legend Tina. And I wrote it in all caps and I got tickets and I Mm -hmm. went to go see this and I was in the first mezzanine I think of Radio City and there was like all these Karens you know they were there to see their Oprah and it was me and one of my friends we were like the only gays there and it was fucking everything it was the first time I've ever seen her possibly the only time maybe have I seen her again yes you went to the liberation tour (gasps) oh my god (laughs) duh (laughs) I'm keeping your track of your itinerary yeah it's been you know it's been a long decade um And she performed Not Myself Tonight, but it had the woohoo intro with like the green lasers. And I this is probably on YouTube, I feel like. And uh-huh. she had like the slicked boots and it was like very bionic. But then her interview was like super conservative mommy. Yes, it was. Oh, it was so good. It just like we'll to, did not make yeah, any sense. Yeah. It made no sense at all being on Oprah at Radio City. No, it didn't. This is like the worst era to be on Oprah because it was the most like like sexually liberated. Well, no, she's done that before. But like, you know, it was just like not really an Oprah era. No, not at all. That would be like a Britney Jean. It, it, this is not that time. Yeah, it wasn't. No. But it was legendary. So like a disjointed performance there. And then we move into June and we get a truly legendary performance at the MTV Movie Awards, which why it was at the Movie Awards. And well, because the album was coming out. Okay. But anyway, it. (laughs) (laughs) Theories. Yes. Um, We get a medley of bionic intro of, I love this intro, by the way. It's so fierce. Her looking up becomes a meme, a gif of her shooting up. It's like Legentina question mark. And her face comes up really fast. Very who owns the throne. Uh, into Not Myself Tonight. Into Woohoo. Mm-hmm. And she's got the pussy heart. The pussy heart at the end oh, is an- phenomenal. Oh my God. I- <laughs> that just like flew out of my... Is that inappropriate? Oops. Um- <laughs> oh God, I literally was- she has a heart on her area. She's, it's a vajazzled heart. There we go. That lights up. And the whole time that she's performing, she also has light up um, gloves, which are very cool also. And this is the look that Pheromone. Yes. Or not copied, but like wore. Was inspired by, did an homage. I think on Watch What Happens Live, right? Yes. When we had that Extina drag pageant. Yeah. Yeah. A deep reference because she is a super fan. Yeah. With like the, um, that like short hair with like the. The curl in the beginning, the front, not the beginning. Yes. This I mean, is the I love beginning. Her. This is also the beginning of the red microphone, mm-hmm. uh, bionic red. I would also say that the chair that she comes in on, Brittany saw that and was like, I'll take that for a whole lot against me. That like revolving yeah. chair moment. She's like, oh, I can just sit while I do this? Great. <laughs> get it. Larry. Larry, get Larry, the chair. chairs. Larry. <laughs> Yeah, so we get a very fierce performance that I I believe is very much overlooked and doesn't, you know, doesn't get the love it deserves. And um, then we get 
closer to the release date or on the release date, we get the Today Show performance. Yeah, this was Today Show Summer Series, and this was the launch week performance. Yes, yes, yes. And I couldn't even tell you what happened in these performances because the only moment that I remember is Mm. the legendary video of Christina throwing gum at her fans. Yes, she is about to sing, I believe it was You Lost Me. Yes, yes, it actually, there's a clip of her her at the beginning because what we see, the legendary clip is from a fan in the audience, but literally on the broadcast, they catch her (laughs) grabbing gum quickly throwing it into the crowd before singing You Lost Me. Um, What happens there is she didn't realize she had, you know, not enough time to uh, get the gum out of her mouth. Or maybe she did. and She thought we would appreciate it. But that certainly added to the Legentina character is gum throwing forever. It was... (laughs) (laughs) I think the funniest part about it is like... You know, because I've, like, worked in, like, live production. Yeah, the best part about it is, like, the crowd's reaction. And, like, I've worked in live production. And, like, when you're on a stage, there is empty space in front of you. Like, it's not, like, you know, this crowded thing. Like, there's security. There's a barrier. Like, you don't see it on TV because the way things are filmed. But, like, she made a choice to, like, Mm -hmm. not throw it, like, in front of her. Just, like, where the security was. She hurled it at her fans. Like, there's a very specific, like, there's literally like fucking five feet of space in front of you. Or just like <laughs> swallow it. Yeah. Just be like, gulp. Nope. And that just adds to the whole you're welcome character of her being like, I know you you want this. Piece and you of gum see her, you see her in the clip, like, think about it. Like, she gets it, yep. she thinks, and she just throws it at her fans. It's iconic. <laughs> It definitely is ah. a moment that will live on in history. And this is like... Um, if you're looking for it, by the way, it has 500,000 views, it's called, which is probably more than not myself tonight. And <laughs> <laughs> Christina... 300,000 are from me. Fans. Is that the title of it? <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, uploaded on June 8th, 2010, so literally the moment it happened. I literally want Christina Aguilera to throw gum at me. Oh, absolutely. Especially after all this time of poking fun at her, I deserve it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And this is also, I feel like, where, at least most prominently, we got the red anal bead microphone. Like, this was its, not its debut, but, like, this is her moment where she, like, made her moment. Yeah, because of the gum, everything in that scene is sort of immortalized. She's, I mean, the outfit. She's wearing the 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 hair. She's wearing a lip shirt the studded pants and so for people who don't know what we're referencing throughout this entire era and then just other eras because she likes it so much it is a mic stand made out of bionic lips that looks like anal beads and yeah it's just straight up it's like a six foot long anal bead red microphone that has traveled the world (laughs) do you remember when she brought that shit to what was that like big moment where she sang with like Jay hud everyone just has you know like a standard live performance microphone and then there's just like the red anal bead microphone like i'm like (laughs) you are such an asshole you like we're like no 
<laughs> I'm bringing my own mic with me. And she literally takes this microphone around with her for years. Years, yeah. She's in Lotus era with the anal mic beats. Yeah. It <laughs> is wonderful. It has traveled the world, that microphone. And we stan. Like we love her to see it. anal bead microphone is like Britney's guitar. I mean, <laughs> yes, it's her guitar. It it's become her signature mode of performing like that red microphone just like britney's i guess her like ear microphone that everyone has the like <laughs> on the ear right microphone. it's like the prop that will never go away yeah so we have all that leading up to bionic we also get a tour announcement which never and winds up happening no it doesn't but we do know somebody at least one or two people who have framed bionic tour tickets really Yes, I know one person at least who does. Do you? I do not. I wish I did. No, it is a diehard fighter that I met like oh, Matt. a year after Bionic. Well, yes, there was nothing. <laughs> it was a friend of a friend. And I was given a tour of the shrine in his home. Mm, and mm-hmm, mm-hmm, among, <laughs> yes, among yes, the, yes, yes. Yes, there was a framed Bionic Tour ticket, which is legendary. Yes. So what happens is we get the tour announcement. It is then canceled. The reason given is that she has burlesque coming. And they which, had to shoot it and promote it. Um, which is half true, I feel like. I feel like it's half true. Uh, I feel like she could have done the tour if she wanted to. Yeah. You know, this is also... It was probably three or four years since she last toured, but it wasn't that crazy that she hadn't been... But she won't have gone on the tour for a decade, I think, over a decade, until she finally goes out for liberation. Oh, so fucking good. It's crazy, though. Like, she ends up not going on tour forever, ever. But yeah, Bionic Tour is canceled. Burlesque happens, which obviously will be its own episode eventually. The only movie T. Kyle likes and the only movie musical that I have time for. Same. That ends up becoming, unfortunately, quite a meme. It does. That is where we coined the term bionic tour tease. Yeah, that... Um, Which, like, there what w- does tease, like, even mean? Like, I say it all the time, and I'm like, I don't really know what this means. It's like um, the vibes or the shades of this. Like, it... it oh, re- okay. Reminiscent of... Like, yeah. the flavors of teas. The flavor of this, exactly. Okay, there we uh, go. You know, you learn something new every day. Um, unfortunately there were a few graphics made of Christina on a small stage in front of an empty crowd around that time Yeah, that became memes um, they would eventually become like Fifth Harmony tours <laughs> well, <laughs> they've gone the distance yeah it was a cruel cruel time for her people really dug into the Bionic tour being cancelled as a joke but she'll have the last laugh because she has a Bionic medley in Las Vegas and I believe, was it Liberation? on Liberation? Mm-hmm. Yeah. In fact, I would say it's like a heavily bionic and like appreciation moment. So, you know, she gets to have it. And as the years go on, obviously the album aged like fine wine and she'll continue to promote it. Mm-hmm. So I guess there's only one we, thing left to do. Let's get glam. <laughs> yeah, we got to <laughs> dive into Oh. The album that has given us everything that we have talked about already. Yeah, it's truly so much of our lingo is based on Bionic. And also, can we just say, diving into the album beginning with the cover art. It is so fucking good. I mean, 
that is an incredible cover. I don't care what anyone has to say. And then if you actually zoom in, so for those who are not acquainted, it's a face forward bionic red lip and half of her face is robotic. And if you zoom in, there are small things that are meant to be like a little more personal to her. There's like references. I think there's like a gramophone. I think there's like something that's supposed to reference Baby Max or something. Um, a gum wrapper. Like a gum. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Somebody coughing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I love the art. And obviously inside, as many of you may know, I do own the Bionic Fan Edition. I own several of them for some reason. I don't I don't know how it's happened over. I have at least I mean, two I don't even own that. So... You know what? Life has thrown things my way that I don't. It's blessing. It's a it's a vinyl box set with like fifty pictures inside of it because this whole era is so cool. The whole photo shoot of her doing like, and it's not shade. It's just very Madonna like, express yourself slash human nature slash erotica. I would say very yeah. like it's like making futuristic exit. Madonna. Yeah, yeah, totally my vibe, and I love it. Um, the teasers were really good too. I remember like yeah. the teasers were animated. So it was like all the gears were like turning and there was really good remixes on them. Yeah, I think they're on Twitter now. Like there was like bionic teasers like last week that people were tweeting be like, Oh my God, remember how good this teaser was? I'm like, yeah. Yeah. No, it was a really cool, fun campaign that like was derided by like comparisons. And unfortunately something she said in the press, but <laughs> Um, it's like such a fun album so I think we should dive in yeah track one well she's called Bionic so the concept of Bionic is basically uh, 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 yeah <laughs> it really goes off with a bang from the beginning you yeah. have to give it to her she loves a, a dramatic opening um, this is the moment that she takes over your mind frame uh, ladies and gentlemen it's Bionic at one point in the, she said in an interview, it's the beginning of a super fun ride you go on as soon as you pop the disc in or start playing it on your iPod, of course. I'm so old school. <laughs> I mean, she makes so many references to the fact that she is old school during this period, especially, and obviously back to basics. Like, that's only adds fuel to the theory that she literally did not know who Gaga was. I mean, I really don't think she knew. No. But... It's such a fun track. We get... This is also... It's throughout her whole career, but, like, we get tons of say in this We really song. do. X-X-X-T-T-T-I-I-I-N-N-A. Say. Say. That is, like, her signature. It's like, ha. And yes. say. And I don't know where it came. Like, it's so weird, but it's so crazy. It's like a, a space time... It's like a time filler or something. Like a callback thing that she wants the crowd to sing along to. It's obviously something I relied on very heavily in my Legendina fanfic. Uh, she say is like I have to admit I didn't even recognize the say in Bionic until you just said that. X X X T T T T I N A say. Oh, like I because it's so hard and like the fucking the pinky flick. Legendary. Um, she just has very signature things. T T T T K Y L E. Say. Um. I love that this song makes no sense. Bi- bionic, so damn bionic. <laughs> See, I feel like this is an intro that's just extended. Yes. Like, it's an interlude. Not an interlude, but, like, it's an... No, totally. She loves an interlude moment. This is, like, an extended intro. And it makes perfect sense coming off of the pop art of Keeps Getting Better and that whole visual. Like, this feels exactly where that leaves off. 
Genie 2.0 keeps getting better into this makes total sense. She made a perfect transition, in my opinion, like sonically. That's our bionic intro. Not to be confused with Lotus intro. No, which is legendary and we need to discuss her at some point. Then we get into Not Myself Tonight. Obviously, we've discussed already. We stan. We stan. Paolo Dadon did it, who obviously, as everyone knows, uh, did Nicole Scherzinger's Whatever You Want, most famously known for that. (laughs) Wow. Whatever you like. Why did I just say that? Oh, my God. Whatever you like. It's so well known that I accidentally called it something else. Well, you can call whatever you like. Yes. And it is available now on Amazon as a pre-sale for Her Name is Nicole. Coming soon. Um, And Not Myself (laughs) is, in my opinion, also is kind of an intro. It's like... Teeing up the era. It really is. Setting herself free. Um, it's an anthem. We love it. And uh, we'll just keep on going to the next main event. Woohoo. The intro to Woohoo is legendary. And it reminds me of her EMA's performance with all of the monks. I believe it was monks or, or priests. <gasps> oh my God. It's we're... a very religious moment mm-hmm. of like, <laughs> Dun, dun, dun. Dun, and then she dun. busts out Woo-hoo. in a slutty outfit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All the boys think it's cake when they taste smart. Woo-hoo. I believe this is quoting um, Mahatma Gandhi when she says, <laughs> uh, you don't even need a plate, just your face. Ha. <laughs> okay, so you know what's like so weird? There are certain songs where I'm like, this is pornographic and I Right, I was can't. Just this must be very triggering for you. But like, I am all for... Thank God. Everything on Bionic. I'm like, all the boys think it's cake when they taste my woohoo. Like, I'm so so into all of this. But like, you put on Inside Out by Britney Spears, and I'm like, this is pornographic, turn it off. I don't want to hear that. But like, with Christina, I'm like, fucking put up LED heart on my pussy, too. (laughs) (laughs) Like, hell yeah. Now... Woohoo is important for a lot of reasons, not only about She uh, made Nicki Minaj. She is arguably the first mainstream pop artist to have her on his feature. Period. Before that, it was before that was Jeffree Star, which like Lollipop Luxury Forever um, will always stand. And also I think what was popular at the time? It was like Bedrock and like I'm thinking of like the earliest Nicki and like Monster. Yeah, that was even, I think, right after, though. Um, I will say I was a barb from the beginning, and I what, I was on the mixtape journey, Itty Bitty Piggy, like all of it, and then Jeffrey kind of boosted it a little more with the album, and then there were songs like Bedrock, I think, that was popular at the time. But this was really it. This was her first main girl feature, I believe, aside from About My Face with Mariah, which is crazy that they collaborated at all. I know. Uh, and she, she is darling number one 17 years <laughs> oh my god back to the billboard hot 100 number one song which is difficult to get not everybody has that <laughs> this is like fantastic nikki in fine form very her doing voices during this is before anybody knew who the hell she was and she's like going off doing 10 million voices like just perfect and yeah this is a song about um getting eaten out so <laughs> Yeah, like literally. (laughs) Yeah. I I wish she just like said that in an interview once. (laughs) But also it was by um, Esther Dean co-wrote it, who was truly the queen of like pornographic songs at the time. She was Rude Boy with Rihanna. It was like all of that. Truly the reign of Esther Dean. 
And then we move on to Elastic Love. A rubber band is what I call y'all love. <laughs> this is, okay. Elastic Love is like, when she said that this album was experimental, this is her really going off and doing something that you wouldn't expect her to do vocally, which is restrain herself. She does, you know, she's sing-talking, basically like M.I.A., who co-wrote this. You know, I think one of our biggest things about this album is that it was ahead of its time because it also featured so many people that really were just either exploding on their own at the time or just bubbling. Yeah, and M.I.A. obviously had paper planes. Like, I remember that being a thing in college. But this was, it was still very cool to have MIA at the time, like riding high off of paper planes and something that she worked on for Christina. And uh, it's about, you know, appliances, office supplies. <laughs> uh, love is pulling like a bubba band. <laughs> and that, she performed this on um, Liberation Tour. Oh my God, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is um, my song dedicated to my resistance bands now that I work out with. Um, it's very. <laughs> Uh, I mean as far as cool and edgy and futuristic I feel like this fits that vibe yeah this is like part of which we'll talk about that quote like at the end but like when she called Bionic ahead of its time like this is one of those songs that stands out for me yeah and this is like very different for Christina to do like this kind of a sound exactly like she did not want to give you big belting and like, what does the song mean? Like, what is elastic love? Like, it, like what? Well, a rubber band was an analogy. You can even say it's a metaphor. Um, oh, <laughs> I, don't, I don't actually know. It's about um, elastic love, such a spastic love. I love the bridge. I love paper clips. They couldn't even hold us together. Paper clips. They couldn't even hold us together. I don't. <laughs> it's just that it like bounces back and forth, like a rubber band. I guess so. One cool, well, not cool, but interesting thing is MIA, after this came out and actually leaked, she was disappointed that Christina didn't want to do trademark like belting. She thought she was going to be able to get Christina to do it, and she didn't want to do it. Well, she's got a point. I'm glad. Yeah, she wanted to try something different. So, um, yeah. It worked, Love too, this. though, because like when she did this on Liberation Tour, I remember like all of the fighters were like, thank you for recognizing this track from Bionic. Because there's a lot of tracks yeah. on Bionic. Something that vocally the crowd can sing along to. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, I just got that. I was like, oh, wait. <laughs> what are you saying about my vocals? <laughs> saying you would do an amazing Elastic Love. Yeah. Um, <laughs> love, 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 love. Well, I think it's time to move on to a favorite. Yes. You've got to... Just do today, get naked, just do today, for me. Yes, the song, um, it shares a spiritual sister with a certain song called uh, Get Naked on Blackout, I Got a Plan, Get Naked. For this song, she's, you know, talking about getting naked in Spanglish. This song is so fucking good. It really is. Uh, I, I have to stand also her explanation of this song in an interview. She said, it's a really fun club record that I wrote specifically for, you know, the clubs. So she's also borrowing from Bernie's Circus. <laughs> <laughs> she wanted to say gays. She did. <laughs> for the f- clubs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, she also said that this was sort of... <laughs> This is that sort was of a really dress. funny, Brad. <laughs> oh my god, that was really 
so bad, but like it's so funny. It's sorry. It's so true too. <laughs> she also said it was kind of for her uh, Latin fans because they keep asking her, and we're still asking, by the way, Christina, like when's your next record in Spanish? So this was a holdover. Meanwhile, she still hasn't re- released Mi Reflejo 2, but it's fine. That's true. Um, it's in the vault, apparently. Yeah, exactly. But this obviously helped me. I was still studying Spanish at the time, and I really, it was very helpful to Wait, learn really? phrases. Yeah, I studied Spanish for about eight or nine years, but I didn't know, um, you know, like, dame lo duro. Uh, I didn't uh, have that in my vocabulary yet. So that was helpful, as well as um, quítate la ropa and all of that. That was just really helpful for my journey in life. Wait, so uh, you took classes? In Spanish? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I minored in Spanish. Just to learn how to say, are you a bottom? Yeah. <laughs> you could have Googled that. Save yourself some money. Oh, no. <laughs> but actually, true. Anyway, this yeah, is not about that. Yeah, school to be a translator, and I, but it was for Japanese. Uh, that didn't pan out either. That's a whole other story. But anyway, Spanish as well, and obviously this really did it for me. And we love a song called Get Naked. We do. We stand. We do stand. This is, I feel like, a standout for me. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. It's like such a party song. And like, I feel like it should have had a different life. Like, I feel like it should have been a single for one thing and should have, like, could have been a moment. Yeah. Well, the album had, like, already flopped before exactly. yeah. anyone made it past track three. Yeah. But you know, know what? That's why we're here now. That's why we're here to say play Desnudite at the club next year. <laughs> next year. Yeah. 11 years of Bionic. <laughs> Moving on to the first spoken word interlude of the album, which fashion oh, is a lifestyle. You have to live it. You have to love it. Life's all about love and glamour. Now, I will say, Christina is like a queen of interludes. Yes. Which like are not normally done well. Like Chromatica one, two, and three like did that, but like Christina <laughs> is a queen of like good interludes yeah it really all of her albums like stripped back to mm-hmm. basics fuck you scott storch interlude lotus intro all of that agreed a true artist it really a true it lover comes of music that true lovers of fashion are need to listen up because we're about to be inspired by vogue and get glam oh wait <laughs> did you just say um fashion is a lifestyle high fashion <laughs> So guys this is awesome this is a billboard this is super high fashion oh my god that's so high fashion so high fashion <laughs> this is our high fashion editorial moment it because is. We are. <laughs> we're here this is the track that gets the the title wait she literally almost says f words here she says glam i wrote for all my fun fashion friends <laughs> no she did not she said that f word yes she did <laughs> a fracking the fracking <laughs> Fun fashion, fashion friends. friends. That's what I'm going to call everyone now. Did you I see all those fun all my... fashion friends outside Hell's Kitchen? God, <laughs> we're going to get canceled for this whole episode. <laughs> um, she wrote this for, she said one of her favorite designers is Galliano, and she wanted to give him something to send his models down the runway. So Glam was inspired by him and her friends that she's accumulated in the fashion world. Live it, love it, breathe it, work it, Glam. This is, in my opinion, it's obviously not a ripoff of Vogue, but I do feel like she was inspired by Vogue to be very like, now snap, clap, like very like pose, now, very that. 
I'm going to say something here. The fighter is going to jump out. Uh Uh-oh. Christina was ahead of her time in more ways than one. Mm -hmm. This album was like a gay anthem before all the girls in 2011 were like, you're a firework and we are who we are. I agree. I stand all of that, by the way. I'm not trying to like, you know, whatever. But like glam was so deep inside. She was saying gay rights. Gay rights. Go to vodka soda bottle. Breathe it, work it, glam. Ready, set, now go, bitches. And like I remember hearing this out at um fucking uh Bartini. Oh. Do you remember Bartini? Absolutely. They only played Starships, but they sometimes played this. Okay, so if you are listening (laughs) and you have been to Bartini, I want you to tweet us a martini glass. You get it? Like like a a bar because that's what it's like inspired by is like a martini um they used to play glam at bartini and literally gay rights so gay rights she just throws in every fashion term very snap pose given what you got just all that it actually reminds me of vanny six makeup that's a deep reference for anyone who knows that one it's very just like throwing out terms like that and it that's why it kind of reminds me of vogue too oh it's so good it's all an attitude and speaking of an attitude, that's actually a pretty good segue into. Ooh. I'm a prima donna. I can rule yeah, the as world. You just demonstrated. I just think of growling. This song yeah. is like growling. This city one's for... another standout for me. This one is getting a little bit back to back to basics. A little bit back to her more how we know her voice to be. It's a little more like um, rowdy. A little more stripped. I would th- I would say. It's a very I'm unstoppable, like I take over the world. And we get some really fun slash sometimes annoying ad libs from Lil John in the background. Oh, yeah, that's true. It's like, work out body. <laughs> she's in her bag. She's very like feeling herself here. Not that she's not throughout the whole album, but prima donna. She's a prima donna. She can rule. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, she's, it's got that kick. Like, so it's yeah, the that's why I say it that like Gaga Christina. has and like right on me. <laughs> you know, I wanted to be a vocalist back in the day, so this is my chance. Yeah, you are proving I it. I hope right I now. did a good job. I, it's also worth mentioning that she recorded, obviously, as all artists do in different studios. She recorded this in a place called the Red Lips Room in Beverly Hills. <laughs> oh my god, the Red Anal Bead Microphone Room. Yes, legendary. And now, speaking it's of time. Red Lips, do you remember when we went to Starbucks? To, to try and find her. Try and find her. And yes. the red lips were on the cup. I mean, too iconic. Oh. Yes, she ran over to the Rockefeller Center uh, Starbucks and left a cup with a kiss mark on it. The lighting of the tree at the Rockefeller Center means so much to me. So much to me. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Britney Spears. Welcome to New York. Christmas is one of my favorite times of the year, and the great tradition of the lighting of the tree in Rockefeller Center means so much to me. The Starbucks inside Rockefeller Center means so much to me. Yeah. What was that even for? I'm trying to remember. I was just thinking that. It but had like, to be the two of us like fucking bolted to Rockefeller Center. I literally ran to, yeah. And I have photos of like her Starbucks cup with just like a kiss on it. It was like Xtina. Ugh. God. And we're like, oh my what? god, we're here to like see Christina, and the baristas are like, okay. <laughs> we're like, so do you want to order? Or <laughs> yeah, I'm a barista. I can stir your drink. <laughs> anyway, speaking anyway, of, speaking of frappuccinos um, and morning desserts, 
<laughs> Good segue. We are back into another uh, early. <laughs> this is what inspired Kelly Rowland's coffee. This is oh a, yeah. This yeah. is what uh, you know. Some morning morning fun. A little foreplay before we get into the main song. Yeah, another perfectly executed interlude. Yes, leading it to... Come on, getting ready for work, or whatever she says, I forget. Something like that. (laughs) So sultry. (laughs) But then we get into Sex for Breakfast, which like... One of the most iconic titles. You would think that I'd be like, ew, gross, skip. Mm-hmm. But like this is so extina. It's extreme. Like this reminds me of a stripped slower moment. This is get mine, get yours kind of like. Oh my god, I love get mine, get yours. Very uh, sexual fulfillment. Yes, it's it's about um, sex for breakfast and uh, not a very subtle title. Um, no, this is more showing off the vocals, being sensual. I love any time that she mentioned this being a personal album. It, the, the most of the album is just straight up about sex. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> Not much to say about it other than like it's really the point it's a where mood. The album, it's a mood, and it really is the point where she's getting you prepared for the balladry to come. Work. Yes, she's also getting you ready for work. <laughs> and uh, speaking of things lifting up. <laughs> No, I will say this is like the only part of the album where I'm like, I don't understand the switch. Mm. Like there's not an interlude that's like taking you out of like that moment and like putting you into this like new moment that we're about to get. Agreed. But the next track is Lift Me Up, which is a ballad. It is a ballad. It is by Linda Perry, who famously did Beautiful for her, with her. Um, So there's a history there in this song. Now, she performed this during the Hope for Haiti telethon, and I cried. I will admit, I think this is a very, very underrated Christina ballad. I listen to it still. I think there's something so, so plain and stripped, if you will, about it. It's just very like, there's something about it that is so vulnerable that I seriously love. It kind of reminds me of how I feel about Castle Walls with her, where she's just like, just get me through this night. She really, for an album that is so, so Legentina over the top ego, I love how completely opposite this is that is like the crash afterward Mm. so i am a huge lift me up fan i think it was really beautiful when she did it live for the telethon as well so check that out and it's also the first ballad at this point yes which for christina is like a lot of restraint was shown yeah yeah there's like a lot of restraint in this album and then we get towards like the middle Mm -hmm. and she's like okay yeah i can sing yeah yeah, it's beautiful. No pun intended. But uh, <laughs> uh, then we uh, move into another interlude, which is Papa. adorable. Sing, Papa. <laughs> Very iconic that she's making her child already sing on record. <laughs> Baby Max is already... Blue Ivy is shaking. Yeah, exactly. Time. <laughs> Features the ex-husband as well as... Maybe Max. That's what you do on a personal album. Yeah, these interludes are short. They're just kind of like... Yeah, mercifully. And then this brings us into All I Need. Now, this is also... This is really where all the Sia is coming in. And to that point, this is really Sia's first mainstream moment. This is way before Chandelier. Perfume. This is before the wig. Well, <clears throat> yes, I should say Perfume. I'm sorry. Her biggest but, hit. Yes. Um, this is before Pretty Hurts. This is before the wig... The whole Sia did pretty hurts. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh wow. 
oh god i'm gonna get fucking scalped for <laughs> all she, i think of I with mean, pretty hurts is that video of wendy williams uh, where she's uh, like oh, yeah. oh. <laughs> the dive anyway uh, sorry, that's a different moment but we've said it about nikki uh mia like sia obviously she was having a moment we are born had just come out but like this once again christina ahead of her time this became the blueprint for every pop star to have a Sia song. Every pop star. Yeah. She was the first one. Yeah. Because Sia had she also had a, at this a... moment had um, Breathe On Me. Uh, breathe Me. Oh. <laughs> You're thinking of another legend. Yeah. Sorry. Bre- <laughs> breathe Me. Breathe Me. Which um, is big. Huge moment at the end of Massive. Six Feet Under that catapulted her to stardom on a whole different level. And then this was like, oh, every pop star saw that she did like at least four ballads on this album is like, mm-hmm. let me snag her. This is a really sweet song. I don't think it's my favorite one, but on the album of the ballads, but it's really beautiful. Yeah. And I mean, this album has a great flow. It does. I feel like. This carrying you into the ver- the very personal, like me and my son sort of vibes. I, th- I would say that this kind of carries us into baby territory. For, well, actually, it'll come again at, uh, at the end of Vanity, but we'll get into that. We have All I Need, and then we go into I Am. This is, like, very vulnerable, Extina. Extremely. Sia, once again. Sia gets something out of her, as she does for many of the pop stars. I love the pre-chorus. The love me or leave me. Like, that is very good. Take me. Yeah. Yeah, that one. <laughs> See uh, through. <laughs> I can hum it. I can't really sing. Very, very the meeting between Sia and Christina for me. Like this feels very both of them. It's subdued too though. Yeah, it's restrained. It's very this is the Christina belt. I mean, I do love when she belts of and wails, of course, but I just I love a restrained Christina because you know that she could, but she doesn't. So a beautiful some would say I mean, say some say something. <laughs> She was restrained, and she got a Grammy. Yeah. Just saying. Just saying. I am <laughs> vulnerable. That is the best I lyric. I am a... F- Next song. <laughs> now, I feel like this is probably the most well-known Sia Christina ballad on the album. It was given a single treatment. Mm-hmm. And some performances. Yes. A cover, a single cover, which I love. The watercolor. Yeah. Now, the problem I have with it is, for me, it feels like single five. Like, I feel like you should have had the whole arc of the album before this. I feel like she deflated. And to be fair, it could have been the whole media around this album. But to have it be the immediately after Not Myself Tonight was like cutting off the party short. Well, I feel like, because Not Myself Tonight wasn't well received by the locals, Mm -hmm, that they were like, mm -hmm. oh, we need to just go back to Christina singing. Yeah, to be fair. "Mm -hmm, No. Right. Like, I feel like they were like, oh, just... We need to do that again. Yeah, and I was like, no. I love the intro. I am done. I love that. This is, as far as, like, picking which ballad should have been the single, it makes sense to me. This is, like, a very strong one. yeah. I'm feels gonna... like our world's been infected is very relevant for 2020. Yeah, because this one's about... I don't... Actually, now that I think about it, I'm like, I don't know if it's my favorite ballad on this album, but like... For me, it's um, Lift Me Up, but You Lost Me, I can see it being the single ballad. Yeah. 
pace-wise, unfortunately, I think they jumped the gun and were worried about perception and wanted to be like, no, 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 she's singing. Yeah, I think, yeah. But uh, a bummer. It is. And then, to be honest, the album, and certainly these days, could have ended there. Yeah. Uh, because it's already a quite a thick album, but instead... <laughs> this is a really it, long album. It is. Which we just so do, was um, Back to Basics. Oh, her albums go on and on. She's like, I don't come around that often, but when I do, you're going to have 10 hours of music. We stand. <laughs> we have to stand. We also do a 180. <laughs> yeah, this or is like... Basically, she's like, you lost me, and now she's just full on like, I hate men, which is the most relatable thing. Yeah, um, it makes sense. I mean, it's a is, good transition. It is. And, uh, you know, on this podcast, we do not support or stand men, nope. and this is our theme song just for that. I hate them, boys. Hate them. Hate them. <laughs> this is very playful, really fun. Kiss off to all men. Boys suck, make me sick. Inflated egos, little dicks. The lyricism of it all. It's very sing-songy kindergarten tease. She's got a point. <laughs> I love, I know every apple here ain't bad, but I found a worm in every single one. <laughs> it's a statement. It is. Every line is actually so, so good. They're only good for fruit. I mean, bananas. Like, this album's so gay. Very. This is such a fun, <laughs> like, emancipation anthem after you break up. And she belts out in this song, too. Oh, totally, yeah. Also recorded in the Red Lips Room. Oh. <laughs> she was feeling inspired. Basically, the Red Lips Room is the Abbey? Basically, honestly. And honestly, this this album is sequenced so well. She goes from I Hate Boys to My Girls. This is for the girls, this one. <laughs> <laughs> that should have been the inner girls. Once again, and I feel like we're saying this every other song, she is highlighting a ton of people. She has Litigre producing it. She has Peaches featured on it. She shouts them all out in the song towards the end of it. We got Sia and Rola and Peaches too. Mm -hmm. Like she like shouts them all out. Very, I hate boys, so I'm going to hang out with my girls with a bunch of queer ladies, which is also very iconic. It's just a very progressive album we're teasing all the boys on the go it's a fun one i would say that this is like it's a kind of a filler <laughs> but like in a way that's shouting out everyone that was that involved on the album mm -hmm. and it's like a celebratory song about everyone that's involved on the record yeah it's not a single it's not any of that but it's like a fun celebration of everyone that she called up to put together bionic yeah because bionic also is yeah and i feel like it's very relevant to have peaches on this because peaches has she was like very permeated throughout our generation she had a moment on the mean girls soundtrack Ugh. um and i feel like there's no way that her debut didn't inspire this album as a whole so it's really cool to have her like rapping on this for a little that um, song from peaches on mean girls is so legendary Robert. yeah and then i feel like it was just such a thing in our generation um the song fuck the pain away was like such a thing and i feel like it's just sort of like a nod to the electro clash sort of like sound that was happening at the time blog culture all that it's just it's such a little time capsule of i mean late tigre it's totally captures that vibe of that time period you at home right now mm -hmm. you're gonna hear this and you're going to know exactly 
what scene this is. What my overall goal is is that oh, everybody. Oh god, fucking has damn it! Wait, that's an ad. <laughs> Shit, not sponsored. Mute, 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 mute. Skip. <laughs> Like, yep. I'm back in high school. So good. And just hearing that, like, you can't tell me this album isn't inspired by that because that is so, that vibe it's, throughout the album. Oh. And I feel like, like Bionic this song is kind of an extended interlude, mm-hmm. which she's known for. Yes, that's true. So yeah, it is, like you said, like a shout out to everyone involved and inspiring the album. So we do love it um, for, you know, crossing all the T's and dotting the I's of getting her ducks in order and really being like, these are the women I appreciate. And this is like the sound of this album. Well, um, you said <clears throat> crossing the T's and dotting the I's. Well, mm. Putting LED hearts on the V's um, because <laughs> V is for vanity. I think thank you, this, mom and daddy. This might be one of top three, absolutely one of my absolute favorites of Bionic. That was fighting for gay rights. Mm-hmm. It literally is fighting for gay rights. Oh, this song is so fucking Every good. Single line of this song is quotable and shocking. The first time I heard this. I was floored. She's basically doing, I know we don't get our Disney characters right. She's doing mirror, mirror on the wall, which is of course. I forget already who was someone in the mirror, even though we like schooled ourselves on it. (laughs) Scalped ourselves because that comes from Snow White, the magic mirror. I had to Google, but we're there. Who's the flyest bitch of them all? Never mind. I am. That bitch is so fucking pretty. I am shocked by this uh, song still. I'm not. It's iconic. Well, see, this is the thing that I love so much, and I've always loved this so much. Like, with Britney, she is so not cocky, Cocky. and she's so humble, and she just, like, had this dream of, like, you know, whatever. We talk about this. Like, the girls know what, whatever. And Christina was so the opposite, always. She knew that she could fucking sing, and she was cocky about it from the get-go, And she was like, I am the artist and I am the singer. It was like the contrast between the two that I loved so much. And this song is like cocky Christina. Embodied. Like this is the most cocky that she has ever been. This is Legentina. Yeah. And Bionic, she was cocky the whole time. Yeah. This is her drag persona. If the shoe fits. Wear it, bitch. She has wedding nuptial like walking down the aisle music, read my lips. Moi, I'm a vain bitch. <laughs> like, okay, so wait, rewind real quick before I try that note again. She literally <laughs> sets it up. That bum, bum, ba-dum, bum, bum, ba-dum. She marries herself mm-hmm. and then read my lips. Moi, I'm a vain bitch. And then she just goes into this huge note and in my opinion vanity sums up christina aguilera in one song yes yes she's like i know that i can we know that she knows that she can sing and this is the song where she says it it's perfect and it's sealed with a kiss with her doing an outro oh she says 
she's definitely shouting out the gays there. Mm-hmm. Uh, the legacy lives on, still going strong. Let us not forget who owns the throne. You too, mommy. <laughs> <laughs> Literally telling her own kid to like shout her out. Unreal. Baby Max steals her thunder by being her biggest fan. <laughs> it's a perfect song. I'm obsessed with vanity. People need to know it. And if they don't like him, tell them. Get in line and kiss your ass, bitch. bitch. Oh, it's so art. good. It's so good. And it's, you know, I never think about it because we have the deluxe, but it is such a fierce ending for the album. The it standard really is. But of course, that's not the true end of the album because we do have the deluxe edition. We do. And you might be listening to this on Monday. Hey, forget about your Monday morning legends only. <laughs> I love Monday morning. I don't. It actually does pep me up on Mondays. <laughs> if I ever listen to it on a Monday. It's fun. Santa Gold wrote it. Another blast from the past of the 2010 heyday of these like electro clash artists and blog superstars. Well, we'll get into the song that I'm thinking of next. It's very like sing songy, kindergarteny. That nani na 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 na. Yeah, I like this one a lot. It's like playful. It's like also not relatable, but like. <laughs> Because I'm like, we all have Monday mornings, but like you're Christina, like you don't. So she's like, right. hey, forget about your Monday morning. I'm like, I can't. She's like, I don't know what it's like, but I'm sure it can't be that bad. Yeah. <laughs> she's basically like calling us locals by being like, I don't yeah. ever wanna be that boring. Hey. Yeah. And I'm she's like, oh. Good luck with that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She's basically like, sorry, can't relate. <laughs> Uh, well, something we can all relate to. When you talk, is, all I hear is That's you testing out my sound levels. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Bobblehead is um, deserves, you know, recognition as like a main bionic track, in my opinion. Same, agreed. Uh, this is her stupid girls. Yes. But like this way cocky and way more like aggressive super aggressive and we know it's in her yeah she she controls herself but we get to this and she just goes off body so skinny but your head so fat she like i didn't even realize it back then but like she really goes in and is basically like you're all dumb fucks yeah (laughs) this is very like i said for monday morning she gets very like kindergarten taunty she's like who do we think she was talking about Everyone, just <laughs> literally everyone else on the planet. <laughs> I isn't that like the goal though to be so skinny with your head so fat, right? Like in retrospect, I'm like, yeah, goals. <laughs> I don't know. I it feels like a stretch to really say this is one person. Yeah, I don't think it is. I want to say in 2010 that people were like, "Is this about Gaga? Is this about Britney?" But I just don't feel like it's. I think it's stupid girls, like you said. I think it's like, ugh, here's this annoying girl. She talks, doesn't have a brain. Me. Right. (laughs) Yeah, this was just like cocky Christina. In fact, she might have actually been mocking, if anything, considering when this time was. This was a time of like Jersey Shore and stuff. It's almost like mocking reality TV girls, in my opinion. Oh my God, that's right. She says like, wait, like what? I don't get it. Like what? Really? 
it honestly could be anything from the simple life to Jersey Shore to all of that and just trashing that culture. This was like a time of Heidi and Paris and Lindsay. Oh my God, what if she was dragging Heidi Montag in the song? It wouldn't be the first diss track about Heidi. <laughs> because like, this is the era of body language. Oh my God. <gasps> Let's Conspiracy start the rumor. Era. Yeah, we're calling her back. So Christina Aguilera was dragging Heidi Montag with this song <laughs> called Bobblehead. We Definitely felt, like, confirmed. It could she make was sense. totally talking about Brooke Hogan. It, it has to be one of the two. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Brooke Hogan was inspired by stripped intro. Right. Oh my God. I want to get into this. Like, I wish that like we weren't going through a pandemic and that I was famous. So I could be like Christina, Brooke, Heidi, we're all getting in, in a room together. Would that not <laughs> be the most legendary special? Oh, it absolutely. Like everyone who's blonde that looked like Britney and I just get them on reunion couches. <laughs> would that not be oh iconic? It would absolutely be amazing. Original and we would just, doll. Like, we would just put all the songs out there and we'd be like, who are you talking about? And we just run yeah. through everything. So we heard you were talking shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, speaking of um, vicious, some would say like vultures or birds of prey. Oh, I love birds of prey. This prey song is so, is so LA. Oh. And I'm not from LA. So like, I'm just saying that as like an outsider, but like, it also reminds me of Selling Sunset, which, if have you watched it yet? No, I need to. God damn it, Brad. It's only eight hours I total. I'll get on it. I'll get on it. Everyone's this talking about it. This song could be an interlude on Selling Sunset. Oh, well, it's once so again, good. Ahead of her time, working with Lady Tron, I was a huge Lady Tron fan at the time, Destroy Everything You Touch and the albums. At the time, my ex was a huge fan, and so I like would listen to their albums on repeat. And this vibe of the song is like definitely Lady Tron, um, very like dooming sort of like. There's just something um, tense about it. Um... Mm-hmm. Yeah, just everything's not quite what it seems to be. Catching a glimpse at all that lies behind the masks. Obviously, that's more relevant than ever right now. <laughs> They bite as you bleed, the birds of prey. Also, she references the Matrix in this. She says, taking the blue Matrix. Oh, you really need to see the Matrix. Taking the blue pill only made you cry, and all that the red pill did was make you forget why. Well, in the movie, the blue blue pill sends him back to his old life where he doesn't know about the true nature of the world, and the red one reveals the truth of the world. Oh. And a lot of people talk about that like in terms of politics in this world today and taking the blue pill versus taking the red pill. And like it gets into it's all of that. But anyway, she references that in the song. It's also a really simple song. Like it's not. Yeah. Once again, restrained. I just love the, um, they watch and you feed, they take. Yeah. Yeah. yeah very. Lead. It's like, so. Sister. Yeah. Which is so her. Yeah. <laughs> it's perfect. Very good. Very Lady Tron. Then we move on to her final Sia ballad, I believe this is. I think this might be my favorite ballad on the album. Oh, really? Stronger yeah. than ever. This, I, it's not mine, but I do think it's strong. <laughs> er? <laughs> it's interesting that this one was a deluxe versus the others, like what their decision making was, but she had so many to choose from and she kept them all, which is crazy. I feel like this is the one that she belts the most on from the entire album i would say it's kind of shades of hurt maybe yes in order to please you have abandoned myself like very like 
Oh, she even says, though it used to hurt me. Yeah. Kind of Kelly Clarkson in that way. Just scream shouting it all out. Definitely a solid ballad from her, though. I have, like, a visual of this one of, like, her in, like, a windstorm. Oh, that would make sense, Mm. actually. Um, Yeah, I don't have much to say about it other than it's interesting to think that she put so much Sia on her album. Like, she believed in those songs so much. Because I don't think it's just kind of uncommon to have someone on there that much. So she really stands Sia. Oh, and then... It's no brightest morning star. No, it's not, but she... (laughs) That was a joke. That was sarcasm. (laughs) And then, actually, it's more Sia because she does I am stripped. Mm-hmm. Fan demanded stripped acoustic. This is basically perfume dreaming mix. Tease. Perfume dreaming mix. Yes, absolutely. Still a good song. Just it's a, a nice little... like closer. It is until the actual closer, which had new life as of this week, because Little Dreamer was a little known bonus track of Bionic, again produced by Ladytron. And this was kind of her little star Madonna, like very little Bobby song. <laughs> <laughs> Unlike Mood Ring, which was like everyone was clamoring for that to be on streaming, I wouldn't say this was like one that people were like, when will we get Little Dreamer? So I have to confess, I didn't hear this until it came out last week when she was like, (laughs) 10 years of Bionic. (laughs) And I was like, oh my God, the fighter in me failed. The fighter failed to jump from within. I like it, but it's definitely not my favorite. Yeah, it's kind of interlude-y again. Like, I like the sounds of it. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. I mean, Lady Tron can't go wrong with that production, but there's a part of it that is always like what we have with like My Baby and all of that, where it's like, this is clearly the baby song and it's just a little bit like, eh, for the baby. Oh, is that who it's about? Like her, I think so. her bobies? Oh, that would make sense. Maybe not, but I feel like, I feel like it was for her baby. Basically like Little Legends in League of Legends. It honestly is like Brightest Morning Star to me. It kind of is. Yeah. You are lying. It's darker because it's like so long, my little dreamer. So we're going to hope it's not about the baby, actually, because it's like very. <laughs> yeah, I guess it's kind of grim, actually, to say it's about the baby. But <laughs> I wonder who it's about. Because it is about we'll see each other one day again, but like the little dreamer is going away. Oh. I know. That was very Wendy of you. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. 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 That was a Minecraft villager noise. If anyone's a gamer, a little little gamer. Anyway. um, I I think it's interpreted as a mother-child thing, but it's like too grim to say that because actually there there was an article when the song came out this week that suggested it could have been like something, a lost loved one or a miscarriage or something like that because... Oh. Yeah. Interesting. Hmm. Something worth exploring. I wonder if she'll ever, you know, it wasn't the time to talk about anything bionic this week, but maybe she'll... Let's call her. Let's give her a little ring. We can get Heidi on the phone. We can call Xtina next. Yeah. <laughs> Could you imagine? Um, oh my God. No, I cannot. What but would yes, you, so if you had to cool. ask Christina Aguilera a question, what would it be? And I have no uh, idea what I'm going to ask would say, yet. So I'm... I know that I would say, what is your name? So that she can say to me, I think you already know my name. (laughs) Good question. I would obviously, well, the one thing I wouldn't ask her about, about, of course, is Brittany, because every interviewer for the entire career does that. And it must be so insulting. So I would not ask about Brittany. It's a good question. Do you know what you would ask her? 
No, I actually don't. So I like totally exposed myself by asking that question and I didn't even know my own answer. I think I would want to just listen because I feel like she'd have things to say to me. (laughs) Just put your red (laughs) lips together. Yeah. (laughs) And blow. Yeah, maybe I would ask her where that is so I can hold the mic stand. Right? Like I would ask her like weird shit about like the mic stand or like. Yeah, I definitely want a photo with her of her standing on me. Oh, right. I just I just want her to be Legendina for me. Like or like her on a on a sitting on a throne and me at her feet. I just need something like that. I don't know. So I also would wanna like watch Real Housewives with her. Yeah, I'm sure she's good for that. She I, wa- like I know she watches it. And for sure. There were photos of her going out with Andy that she revealed on Watch What Happens Live that like no one knew. Well, she loves Erica Jane, I think. Right. So, like, I really do feel like she was, like, an underground gay icon before everyone was like, I'm a gay icon. Mm. So I would, like, want to know where all of that came from. Like, why did she connect with the gay community? And I feel like she was, like, tiptoeing, being like... It seems like it's an album for... You know, that should be our new, like, thing. Is like, Oh, yeah. Um... <laughs> <laughs> before like it was the thing for everyone to do and i'm like so where did that come from like was there someone in your life that like inspired you or that like really made a difference in your life that you felt like when in <laughs> beautiful like question. she really i mean i feel like she took a risk in beautiful and like put that out in her music video and it was shocking at the time yeah for the baby gay she had a uh, same-sex kiss in beautiful in 2003 at a time when that was really much more radical she definitely was there for us uh, much earlier than a lot of the girls. And so yeah. I guess I agree with you. Like, I think her thing would be that she has felt like an other or an outcast in a lot of ways and relates to gays. And also they're in her orbit all the time um, with what she does. So I imagine she's just got a lot of friends that she feels very strongly about. And yeah, but I mean, I you got to love her for that. She's, I believe she was the first person to have the gay walk of fame at the Abbey too. What did she do there? I think it was a, a shoe ceremony or something, but I, yeah. Wasn't there also that rumor that she was like banned? Wasn't that oh, on that, like, oh no, they didn't? I'm sure that's happened. I'm sure she's had to be like, well, maybe that's the question out. we ask her. Have you been banned from the Abbey? Yeah, are what you banned did from you do the that? Abbey? Can you remember what you did? Are you banned from the Abbey? Is Bobblehead <laughs> about Heidi Montag? <laughs> I think these are the questions that need to be answered. Yeah, they are. <laughs> well, until next week, we'll get you those answers. <laughs> yeah. And that is um, Bionic. That's Bionic. Hits you like a wow. rocket. Wow. Really does. Now, to wrap this all up, why do we feel in like a a short saying, because in in 2012, while promoting Lotus, which, you know, we'll have to, if you appreciated this moment, if you felt this moment, whoa, comment below, and let us know if you felt this moment. That was really, that was improv. That was pretty good, if I do say so myself. For um, vocals. V is for yeah. vanity. Um, every time I sing to me. Um, so anyway, <laughs> sorry. In 2012, while promoting Lotus, she was talking about Bionic and she said the following. Now, this is lengthy, but this is important. Some may say this is more important than the Declaration of Independence. Mm. So she says, quote, I can proudly say, say, Bionic was ahead of its time, to be honest, 
it wasn't so commercialized. You had to really be a music lover, be a true fan of music, and the love of being open to really appreciate that record. It's just a special piece of my body of work that will forever live on, and the legacy lives on. That's not part of the quote. The older the record gets, the more people will come to appreciate it, actually, and check it out. Did she lie? I mean, we're here now. It's like a decade later. Here we're we like are. 90 years old. Exactly. She got the last laugh. Yeah. She is 100% accurate. And it was a joke that at the time that people died for. Like people were so over the moon with that quote. They they thought it was so funny. And like I used it all the time in Legendina fanfic. And lo and behold, the album is ahead of its time. Yeah. Period. And this is the best part of the quote. I feel like the best paragraph where she says, Working with Sia, which I know she called that out because like Sia was massive by that point. And she was, she didn't want to say that she gave her like a break, but like, anyway, so she says, working with Sia and all these sort of electronic underground musicians and artists, gosh, for Bionic was amazing. That was an experimental record that will surpass time and maybe was too ahead of its time for certain people. But music people, you know, they really, really get my records and understand that I am constantly evolving and growing. And here we are, music people, really understanding her constant evolution and growth. She's got a point. (laughs) It's true, though. I mean, it was dangerous to say two years after the record. Like, a lot of people, it's it's just too soon to say that. But she was, it was ahead of its time to say it was ahead of its time. It was ahead of its time. But the accuracy is real. She, you cannot say that she did not make Nikki, Sia, MIA, Lady Tron, the Tigre, Peaches. Yes, they've had some moments, some of them, but like all of them together, that is fantastic and revolutionary. And she definitely was a platform for most of all Sia and Nikki. Yeah. Period. And the music like, is. Nikki wonderful. was on this album and then she did Femme Fatale Tour yeah. after this. And then she like blew up on her own. Then MIA and Nikki go ahead and do Give Me All Your Lovin' with Madonna for the Super Bowl mm-hmm. two years later. And that Pretty all aside. legendary like, if you ask me. I love it. Us about this whole album. I, you know, and then just the features aside, I just think the music really holds up still and is really fun in a way that people were not willing to give her, I no. think. Well, so, she got canceled, well, quote unquote, canceled in like one blog post that made such a big difference. True. And true. I think and we can end this episode by kind of saying like what we think, like why this album yeah. flopped because it kind of did. And yeah, I but feel I also like think, like it's public perception that it, well. Right. So the album was number three, which is like not a flop like by most standards, but by her standards, I guess it was because you know the pop girls should have like all go number one every time. So it didn't. I would say the flop stuff became a thing because of how the singles or single really just didn't perform and the bionic tour getting canceled Bionic tour getting canceled um the blogger who shall not be named making the gaga references and also just kind of dragging her but also because i lived it i lived to tell live it Stan love it breathe it work it glam I mean, Stan Wars was at its peak. Like, this was truly, you had your faves. You had that whole Stan Wars website with, like, the terminology and the infights. And the Britney fans were brutal. The Everybody was brutal. And I just think it just didn't even have a shot. And I also think that was, the, honestly, this is the beginning of the backlash of every girl. Think about it. Bionic, 
And then you had Prism not exactly doing the same for Katie as Teenage Dream. And then apl- <laughs> applause, art and art pop, getting <laughs> that. Applaud. applaud, applaud, applaud. You know, kind of since Bionic, every girl, and Brittany Jean kind of took a tumble. Well, deserved. Deserved. Whether it's deserved or not, it kind of felt like an age of backlash. Like Pink Friday Reloaded got backlash. Like all of the girls sort of got hit with, I would say, some stan backlash at that time. Because this is when the internet took off. Like Twitter started yeah, to Twitter take off. Yeah, Twitter took off. And, and uh, we started comparing them with screen caps and and also calling out everyone for sounding like other people and calling her um, flop Tina became the thing. Oh, yeah. You know, all these like ugly memories are surfacing. It was, it was ugly. The Stan Wars were ugly and it was very not taking into account that these were human people. When you tweet, all I hear is wah, 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 wah. Bobblehead was for us, for me. (laughs) (laughs) Truly, like the original clown anthem. So I think that's why it flopped. I think the internet culture as a whole kind of started turning on the pop girls. Yeah. And she was almost the first casualty. And that's not to say that she's over by any means, because obviously she's been able to have success after that and sort of get through that really tough period. But um, yeah, in my thinking back to this 2010 to 2013, I just feel like we really kind of dragged a lot of them, some more than others. Yeah. I kind of feel like this was her most Madonna-esque moment. Mm. And I feel like it flopped because she was so confident and she was so cocky and she was a new mom. And I feel Mm. like there's such a misogynistic tone to like how she got dragged. It was like the general public didn't want this new mom being sexy and naked and confident, like that was so, it, it reminds me of like erotica of like Madonna. And I'm not like, you're the more Madonna. No, but you have a point. Encyclopedia of like, yeah. that's why Madonna got dragged when she got dragged. Cause it was like this woman being sexy and confident and naked. It was like, ew, gross. Like she got ripped for that. And I feel like Christina she did that with Dirty, but she was also like really young with Dirty. I think it's because she's she was in her thirties. Yeah, she was to a be mom. honest. Like, I, was she in her thirties? Yeah, yeah. So like I, back to I basics, like, she kind of I don't yeah. want to say that it was tame because it wasn't, but she got pregnant right. and she did like the whole conservative mommy moment, and then came back out and was like woohoo, and everyone was like whoa, what is this? Not anymore. Yeah, exactly. Well, you know what? That really speaks to. You know, not only stand Twitter wars, but also just our culture. And, you know, when Madonna was doing her tour in her 30s, like the headline in the UK was like, Old cover hag. up grandma. Yeah. yeah. It was like, she was literally in her 30s. To some degree, that has never changed. Nope. And so you probably have a good point that Not Myself Tonight was such a backfire for the same reason it was a backfire for Madonna. Not that it was a backfire, like it's still hugely popular, but like, you know, the backlash of, of people being against her sexuality being displayed like that. You definitely have a point with that. I also think the campaign was just kind of dead in the water after Not Myself Tonight. It's, yeah. It felt like they didn't know what to do immediately after. It was very anti-oop. Yeah, like there was no more energy after that. To go to You Lost Me is literally killing the party. Yeah. So... I also think 
there's a little bit of label fuckery in it and just misguided decisions about where she should have gone next. Just new to take to the, like if you serviced remixes and sent that to the club, that could have been a different story probably. Mm-hmm. Um, also this had hit in like 2015, 2016 or like now yeah. when we have like react with like the pussycat dolls and they're in their forties and they're sexy yeah. and like, it would have been very different. I definitely think it would have been different. I do think it's kind of a, a combination of everything. I do think internet culture plus just general to be expected societal pressure on women who are sexy over 30 all together just made for such backlash. And then I do think Lady Gaga is to blame, but not like her fault. I no, think her existence, her existence rendered a lot of the other girls like obsolete or at least, you know, like they're old. Gaga's new. She's the new girl. Like, yeah. I it just was, see all the baby gays being like, ew, you like her? Like, it's all about Gaga now. Yeah, it was exactly what happened with TRL, like, back in the day when, like, Christina first came. It's like, women were always pitted against each other. Right, right. There were a lot of things. And then, of course, blog culture was big, and the blogger who shall not be named is still had a lingering voice of some degree. Yeah. Um, I remember people sending me that exact post and being like, Ew, Christina, I can't believe she copied Gaga. And I was like, what are you I remember talking the, about? Like, yeah, I remember the comparison picture, I think. Yeah. Um, so I think that's kind of where we stand with why it quote-unquote flops. But I do think she got a fair share of redemption with Gaga herself, so kind of calling that out and also just, do it you know, you the hashtags. Yeah, and the hashtag like campaigns to get her back on the charts and all that and all that. Yeah. The videos and like everything coming back. And I don't know. I still think like for me, bionic stands out. It, it will always have so many funny inside jokes about it. But at the end of the day, I still genuinely love the album. I just think, you know, you have to have a little sense of humor about the things she said and did and during the promo interviews and stuff. And obviously a lot of the songs are really fucking silly and funny, like vanity. Hello. Well also too, I mean, our number one is like Brittany who's extremely humble so right. when you have someone who is so, con- in contrast, so fucking cocky, it's, like, kind of funny. Yeah. But, like, looking back, I feel like she should have been as cocky as she was because it is great. And she can sing. And she well, is a obviously. legend. And she's an icon. So it's, like... And I also... I have such a big thing about... I, like characters in my pop music like ever since Taylor Swift sort of ushered in the relatability of a pop star nothing's ever really been the same because now you have to be like really really like your best friend sort of vibes I love love a character I love a diva I love a character it comes from watching wrestling as a kid totally totally so to have her be this sort of superhero super ego drag queen character totally fulfills a fantasy for me and I don't need her to be sweet or relatable and that's kind of what bionic is it's just her elevating to this drag queen sort of ego um that i love yeah and then literally it's a superhero like she is this bionic woman Mm -hmm. who can sing (laughs) yes so i am in full support and i hope you know i hope she still feels that fantasy and like you know, you know she feels that, that fucking fantasy. Let's be real. <laughs> she knows that Bionic is yes. great. She meant True. what she said when she called it ahead of its time. Agreed. And I'm I ready like, for a 
gigantic tour, honestly. Like, I'm ready for her to just be, like, in honor. Oh, could you imagine if that's what she was going to do this week? Like, be, like, in honor of 10 years of Bionic. I was going to do a tour, so that's coming next year. You know, I really do feel like she was going to do something a lot bigger than what she did, but circumstances were not the time. It was not the time. It was not the moment. No, but... And also, respect to her for understanding that. And I will say, shout out to Christina, because... She also used her voice. Yes, the voice within. Yes. She, actually, she, it was not within. It was actually very out. Yeah. She has been speaking out a lot. So that's been wonderful to see too. And like, there you go. She can be cocky and she can be whatever, but she is also an ally. And yes, we stand. We really do. I guess that is the journey of Bionic. Oh, it's so iconic. Bionic. So iconic. <laughs> Can't. Yeah, uh, that is um, it. That is Bionic. That is the journey of Bionic. Go listen to it if you haven't already. Re-listen to it if you have. And uh, we hope you enjoy this journey to the future. It was quite a journey. This episode is ahead of its time, I think. It's really for true podcast lovers. <laughs> <laughs> so. Let's go out like this. Mirror, uh, mirror on the wall. <laughs> Who's the flyest of them all? It's me. Bow down, get on your knees. Where's my queens who reign supreme? Let me hear you scream. It's like, oh, I don't know what, what, what could change to make that. I don't know. I thought that was pretty perfect, but. Mirror, mirror on the wall. First of all, and second of all. Who's the flyest of them all? It's me. Get... Where's my queens? This is for the girls, this one. Oh, okay, we gotta stop. Let's go out like that. Yeah. (laughs) She's an icon, but she's Oh, wait, no, I didn't mean to do that. (laughs) No, not like that. You listening to me, try and concoct a new (laughs) single. What was that? (laughs) Oh. All right, well. Let's go out like that. Yeah. Let's not forget who owns the throne. You do, Bradley. (laughs) Oh, my God. Oh. Well. We're back. We're back. To me. (laughs) Okay. All right. Well, thank you, everyone, for listening. And this has been a journey. And uh, go listen to Bionic. I feel like we need a... a, (laughs) Coughing? Oh, oh, coughing? During my podcast? Shoot him. (laughs) Oh, wow. That was a journey. Okay, see ya. Bye, everyone. Thank you for listening. Bye. Bye, Bionic on iTunes. That was fun. That really was. I. That might be our longest episode ever. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. 
I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com.